when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the Times Business Podcast. I'm Callum Jones. As ever, we're looking ahead to the coming week and discussing the biggest stories of recent days. This week, that means the European Central Bank's bond buying scheme, US and UK interest rates and Christmas on the high street. To discuss all this, we're joined by Philip Aldrich, our economics editor, James Dean, our US business editor, and Deirdre Hipwell, our retail editor. First, the European Central Bank has opted to extend its quantitative easing scheme until December next year, but reduce monthly bond purchases from €80 billion Euros to 60. Mario Draghi, the president of the ECB, left the door open to either boosting the size of the scheme or extending it further if the economic outlook becomes less favourable. Here's what he told reporters. As regards non-standard monetary policy measures, we will continue to make purchases under the asset purchase programme at the current monthly pace of €80 billion Euros until the end of March 2017. From April 2017, our net asset purchases are intended to continue at a monthly pace of 60 billion euros until the end of December 2017 or beyond if necessary. Phil, let's start with you. What did you make of the announcement? Uh, well, it was it was widely expected that they were going to do some kind of extension, so they pretty much had to because it was priced into the markets. They've got a difficult political uh, balance to strike because Germany is quite keen to see the ECB you know, start to reduce the amount of uh, quantitative easing and monetary support. Uh, but at the same time, there's all this political uncertainty uh, in the year ahead, uh, post-Brexit, post-Trump, etc. You know, and obviously, they're still well short of their inflation target. So the $60 billion is actually a slight reduction on the monthly acquisition of uh, bonds that they're doing, which is, which is $80 billion. That So it'll drop from between from March to April and then it'll continue at that rate for nine months so on the one hand this is this is more QE which uh, sort of plays to the people who need to see more who want to see more stimulus and but on the other hand it's it's also a reduction in the monthly rate of QE so uh, it, he's, he's play, playing to the, those who, who who would like to see what what they call a taper which is the, the gradual reduction of QE you, you say we knew, we saw the extension coming we knew that we knew to expect that what about the reduction do people know to expect that before today yeah there was uh, there was quite a lot of expectation that they would they would try and uh, strike this balance um, so the 60 billion was pr- uh, in line. I mean, so, some people were expecting 80 billion, some people a month uh, they expected that to continue, but for a shorter term, so 
of he's guaranteed to the end of 2017 and then said it could continue beyond that and that they will up the amount if the economic conditions get bad and they will reduce it what well, they they will not reduce it before december but post december next year they may well uh start reducing it re- relatively quickly because inflation does start to get back towards their target of two percent james i noted that uh draghi said that it's difficult to assess the impact of donald trump's victory in the presidential election last month pointing out that markets have actually been pretty resilient yeah well more than resilient i think flying is is the actual answer they're they're on an absolute drive at the moment i mean all three indexes i think today have, have opened higher that's after day after day after day of, of, of peak closes. So uh, markets are reacting well to the idea of a Donald Trump presidency. And this is all despite harbingers of doom saying that, you know, stocks would fall across the board. That just hasn't happened. In fact, the opposite's happened times 10. I mean, when it comes to kind of US rate rises, that it, it, it's kind of everything's up in the air somewhat at the moment. We're expecting a rate rise next week. That's kind of been on the cards for about a month now. The economic data has been pretty strong. Um, I think the question now people are looking at is, you know, with these Trump uh, big fiscal spending plans and this uh, the market's driving ahead, what's going to happen to inflation? You know, if that's going to if that's going to start shooting up, then the Fed's going to have to raise rates a bit faster and a bit further than was previously expected. And um, I mean, quite interestingly today, I think that the Wall Street Journal has done a survey of economists and um People are now, sorry, economists are now expecting about four rate rises next year. Still, kind of, you know, still low, you know, 0.25 of, of a percent each time. But that will give us a rate of about, I think, 1.26 by the end of next year, which is certainly higher than I think they're predicting last month. So, yeah, as the markets are driving ahead, and as we kind of get a teeny, teeny bit more um, clarity about what Donald Trump's going to do. Um, I think policymakers are certainly seeing bigger rate rises next year. You mentioned the the, the poll in the journal. The, the, the journal, sorry. There's uh, also a poll of, uh, done by Reuters this week suggesting that there might be three rate rises next year. We've got a pretty interesting time ahead in 2017, Phil. Uh, yeah, it could finally be the year where interest rates across the world start to start to rise, or at least the monetary policy stimulus starts to be withdrawn. Clearly, with the exception of Europe, where it will continue uh, at least until the end of next year. But uh, yeah, I mean, th- there could be pressure on the Bank of England to raise rates at some point next year if inflation starts to pick up aggressively. At the moment, they have made it very clear that they have no intention of doing that. They would only be responding to a sort of sh- you know a shock inflation surge. They're obviously still. At the bank, I mean, the bank has got its rate decision next week as mm. well, and 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 it's not going to move. Uh, it'll stay at 0.25 percent, and quantitative easing will remain unchanged. That's pretty much guaranteed. But you could see uh, policy moving up next year. The bank doesn't want to move policy up because it is worried about the dampening effects of on the economy of Brexit and the and the jobs that. Uh, uh, may be lost and uh, and it doesn't want to be tightening and making life more difficult for households when they're going to they're going to be facing higher level of inflation so prices compared to wages are going to be uh, going up and um, uh, and if you you jack up interest rates at the same time there's less spending power and, and a lot of our economic growth next year is is based on the fact that consumers continue to continue to spend at a, at a reduced rate which is why the economic forecasts are, are lower if you kill off the consumers then you, you then you'll get much slower growth so so they, they don't want to move but they may have to because they you know if it gets at the moment the two percent inflation target is going to be over, overshot by more than half a percentage point and 
if they if it gets much beyond that, then they're going to have to respond. Obviously, next week's de- decision will push Mark Carney centre stage uh, again. There, there was obviously a lot of noise around virtually everything he did in the wake of the uh, the vote to leave the European Union this summer. Is that noise sort of reducing? Is there less is there less feedback on every little thing that he does now, or do you think he's still going to his critics will still use it as an opportunity to to have a bit of a go at him, and his champions will still have a go uh, have a try to use the opportunity to lift him up it feels it feels like it's becoming a, a bit of a tired story that that one about uh you know bank of england a governor being uh, not being impartial we're quite a long way beyond the brexit vote now and it's it's really just about managing the economy so uh, i mean we we had a little bit this week um with the governor you know defending the bank against accusations that it has caused you know inequalities to widen by uh, cutting rates so low and having quantitative easing which boosted asset prices and made the wealthy wealthier but uh, you know he's he, you know he he's produced analysis which shows that you know the, the poorest 20% uh, of incomes uh, they've actually benefited even more than others because they've kept their jobs and you know the economy has has worked better than it would have otherwise have done so i you know that i feel like he's trying to shut that that down and um also it's getting a bit of a tired topic. James, Janet Yellen will obviously be uh, firmly in the spotlight next week when the Fed announces its decision. We know the incoming president's views on her. We can be pretty sure of her views on him. Her days are numbered, aren't they? Well, I think she's still expected to serve out her term. Um, I don't think she's going to be leaving any sooner. I mean, since being elected, Donald Trump's been a lot quieter on the issue of her. I don't think he sees her as a priority at the moment. He's got to get his, he's got to get his presidential cabinet together. Still, still hasn't picked a secretary of state. So there's actually quite a lot to go on that. So I think, she, like Mark Carney, she's been given a bit of a breather over the last few weeks. But to be completely honest, I'm not sure if she she cares about it too much. Um, Mr. Trump is fairly scattergun with his beliefs about certain things. So you never know that uh, in the next month or so he might be praising her i mean after she raised you know she's expected well so the, the fomc is expected to raise rates on wednesday next week mr trump may well praise her for doing so we just don't know what he's going to do so i think she's expected to serve out the rest of her term she may come under a bit more pressure from the president but um what'll be interesting is um what happens with um, mr trump's nominees for the federal open market committee which we haven't heard much about yet um he's been you know, you'd expect him to stack it with people um, who have similar views as his. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we'll be looking at rather than what might happen. He's, to he's pretty Sienna. hawkish, isn't he? He's, he's pretty hawkish on everything, isn't it? <laughs> you know, homeland security. I'm sure he's incredibly hawkish on interest rates and wants to <laughs> put two guys who are going to jack him up as soon as possible in there. Is there Absolutely. any chance, James, that Janet Yellen might serve another term? I think the chances would be low. I mean, it, again, it depends on what Mr. Trump says over the next couple of months. But, um I'd imagine uh, kind of a la Mark Carney, who, you know, he's not staying on as long as he could do, but is certainly staying on longer than some predicted. She, uh, who knows, she may well. I, I think in all likelihood she'll serve out her term and then she'll, she'll be off. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll be back after the break. The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. 2016 has been branded the year of the SME. This is your year. Time for your business to stand out. Are you ready? Vodafone's Ready Business Britain, in association with The Times and Sunday Times, has all the advice, insights and analysis your business needs to make this your year. Get ready. Visit readybusinessbritain.co.uk. 
Welcome back. December is always a crucial month in the retail sector. Before we inevitably discuss Christmas, Deirdre, we have results from Dixon's Carphone in a few days' time. What are we expecting? Um, I think they're probably going to report a good first half. What everyone will be interested um, is how they performed at Black Friday because Black Friday is particularly important for them because they've got scale and their um, electronics, the whole internet of things is what they're all about. Um, And they had a host of big deals which ran over quite an extended period of time. So I think people will be interested to see how their Black Friday has done and also whether the sales were strong during the week or they were strong throughout the whole of November because uh, this week we had some data out from the British Retail Consortium which showed that although Black Friday was generally pretty good for most retailers in terms of driving sales, of course we never know if they actually make profits from all of these um, discounted sales, but that the spending was quite subdued at the beginning of November so clearly consumers were just waiting for the Black Friday deals to do the shopping. And that's always the big issue about Black Friday, whether it pulls forward spending from Christmas or whether people buy on top of what they were already planning to spend for Christmas. My view is they probably don't. I think people are still spending the same amount as they would have done anyway, except now it's into two peaks with the Black Friday being one and then in the run up to Christmas. And of course, that creates operational challenges for retailers. The talk was very much uh, about queues at high street stores very much d- diminishing this year, but actually websites crashing and a lot more, a lot more act- activity online. Is that was that a fair representation of what happened? Do we think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest. I never expected that there would be queues at the stores because there weren't even queues at the stores last year. It was the year before where you had those chaotic scenes where people were fighting over pretty sub-rate flat-screen TVs <laughs> at Asda and other retailers, not just Asda. I think what retailers have been doing, a lot of them have been pushing their orders, um, their sorry, their promotions onto online rather than in store and spreading it out over a longer period to try and reduce the stress on their um, logistics system. So there would have been some offers and stores, but most of it was was on online retailing. James, this is obviously a crucial period for retailers in the States as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've had Black Friday. We've had Cyber Monday already. And as expected, they broke records from previous years, um, pretty much in line with kind of strengthening consumer spending over here. Obviously, consumer spending huge in the US. It's about two thirds of the economy. All the data looking looking pretty positive. So, absolutely. Deirdre, we were discussing earlier the latest survey on Christmas ads, which suggests that John Lewis has come out on top looking alone at YouTube hits. But the retailers obviously invest a heck of a lot of money in these. Is there any evidence to suggest they're actually worth all those budgets? I don't know how you determine <laughs> whether or not they were worth it, because obviously you have some retailers who'll score a hit with a pretty low budget ad, and then others who spend loads, and it, and it doesn't really come good. It's one of those things where you kind of, pretty much all the retailers, you kind of have to have a Christmas ad, because this is obviously a vital trading period so you need to be advertising and I guess putting ideas into people's heads well, you know why don't you come here to buy your Christmas goods um, quite a few people have ranked the John Lewis ad as you know Buster the Boxer as the best ad Nielsen said it was the one that was most successful and apparently I think they tried to do some kind of quasi scientific study <laughs> where they were tracking people's eyeball movements but they were saying that Buster had a better reaction probably because it was far less maudlin than they were the year before about the man in the moon (laughs) thanks very much that's it for this week's podcast Robert Miller will be back in the chair next week looking ahead to 2017 in the meantime you can keep up to date with the latest developments at thetimes.co.uk and subscribe to our daily email briefings thanks to Phil, Deirdre and to James for joining us to our producer David Maguire and to you for listening
The Times Business Podcast is sponsored by Vodafone's Ready Business Britain. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.